What's up, guys? We are back. High Street Freaks. I think at this point, we're just like, the no music thing's just our bit. You know, I, th oh, I think yeah. we talked we talked for like months about getting music, and it's just... It, Do you ever maybe... have a friend who says they don't like music? Have you ever known a guy like that? He's like, I don't really like music. No. Is that a thing? I've met, I've met people like that. Like, yeah, I'm just not really into music. What an insane fucking thing to say. Yeah. Like, I, I get like... I don't know. I get. I was gonna say I get like not being into specific types of music or like not having a favorite band or something. But also like I don't get that. Like that doesn't co compete with my brain at all. So yeah, I don't know. People just listen to podcasts like twenty four hours a day. I listen to our podcast, obviously, and you know, yeah, try yeah, to be in the field if, if you're but... if you are listening to us <laughs> talk instead of music, like straight up, just reconsider your life. But also, yeah. thank you, thank you. Yeah. You do need the balance of the two. Like, like I listen to a fair amount of podcasts, uh, never our own, but actually I don't listen to any other football podcasts. I'm, I kind of just have abandoned all football podcasts besides ours. I'll listen um, to some in the middle of the season, but like I, yeah, that's true. During the season, I'll, I'll pop some on. I'll, I'll, I'll listen to some. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna reveal who I care to listen to and who I don't. Cause right. unfortunately I'll say this, basically all the pairings that I was really into have kind of split up. Like there were a lot of guys yeah. that get together and basically all the ones I was into have like been split up by various media entities. So that sucks, you know, like it, it sucks when that happens and it's just like, because of some contract, like you can't do a podcast with your friend. It's insane. And also like, if you're a media entity, why would you not just like get both of them? You know, like, like, yeah, just get both of them. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, look, like an ESPA could have had, like, it's not like Stephen Godfrey's that expensive, right? I'm sure you can get him for a reasonable right. price. Like, not the shit on the guy, but like, right. it's not like he's pulling in your like, ESPN. a quarter mil a year. Right. You're, you're fucking ESPN. Like, you can get him to pair with Bill Connolly, right? Like, we can, we can have good stuff. Like, you know, sure, 247 lost Barton Simmons. They could find someone else good besides Bud Elliott. Right? It has to be a second yeah. podcast or somewhere in the network. I uh, do like, I do like <laughs> if, if you listen to the punt cast. Do you, do you know that I one? Know, no, I don't know. What that so, is. so it it is. Um, uh, I think it maybe it's Robbie Calland and some of the CBS Sports guys like Tom Fernelli and Barton Simmons. I think they're all still on it, but like they do that on the side in addition to their other podcast responsibilities. I think they still do it at least. So like they all do That's like cool. their CBS sports podcast, but like they still, obviously they don't work together or anything anymore, but they still do yeah. this like friends gambling podcast basically. And I appreciate that. Cause it's like, it feels genuine. Like you want to do this. Right. I mean, that's the best pods, right? Are ones who are like, like you know, the inorganic. Like, here's Pete the Mill with a random guy at ESPN. Like, or like, you know, right. here's a, <laughs> like who wants the with this branded that? name with like a sweet logo or the the better the yeah. logo is, the worse the podcast is, in my opinion. I, I think I said this on Meet at Midfield, or sorry, on uh, Flipping the Field many times, which you can listen to by subscribing to Meet at Midfield. Um, but uh, I do love uh, Bruce Feldman and Stu Mandel's podcast because it's so obvious every episode that that Bruce Feldman is just dripping with disdain for Stu. Like, just thinks he's the biggest idiot in the fucking planet. <laughs> it's, it's, it's the so, best combo. The, the, the one that's famous, that I think, was in the 2021 season, is Stu was, like, talking about some playoff argument, and he cited the Sagarin rankings, and Bruce Feldman was like, he's like, Stu, Stu, hang on, hang on. I don't give a fuck about the Sagarin rankings. <laughs> I still I reference that. it with Patrick all the time, dude. It fucking kills me. One I of the best that. things I've ever heard. Yeah, I love them. Uh, um, yeah, that's great. <laughs> man. But, uh, 
but yeah, I don't know. Uh, besides that, uh, <laughs> what we're talking about, yeah, oh, I, music. <laughs> I, I, I have a story to tell that I just, I have to tell somebody I've told my wife, but, and her brother, I've told both of them. This okay. is the sort of story that it sounds like I made it up, but I swear to God it happened. So I, I had to pick up, um, an order at like at Sephora for my wife at the mall. And I like got lost basically multiple. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. For (laughs) sure. Multiple escalators weren't working. I got lost in the mall. It happens, but I feel like it was God watching out for me because I never would have experienced what I experienced had I not gotten lost. So I'm walking past the Easter bunny, right? Like the Easter bunnies in there to take pictures. And there's this, there's this gentleman and his girlfriend that were trying to take a picture with the Easter bunny. And I walked by just in time to hear this old lady with the camera explaining, oh, no, we can't take any pictures like that. And the guy says, excuse me, like what? And she's in the picture lady says she needs to cover up. Her boobs are just out. And he said, excuse me. And he said, are you body shaming her? And he's like, no, he's like, I will sue the shit out of you. I will sue the shit out of you if you don't get behind the camera and take whatever pictures we want right now. The lady's just like, <laughs> white as a ghost, like completely silent. And he's like causing a scene at this point, like security starting to notice they're walking over. And so like, she seems to have calmed him down and was like, that's fine. I'll take your pictures. Like, sorry about that. Sorry about that. And um, so like, I, I did stop for a second. Like I hung around and I, oh, you, you know, to. like I, yeah. I, I wanted, I wanted to see what was going to happen, but like you it seemed to calm, yeah. right, yeah, it <laughs> seemed to calm down pretty quickly. Like so, I just like went on my way, um, and like I thought they were just going to get their pictures, right? So I walked up to Sephora, Sephora's upstairs, and I'm coming back down on the escalator, and dude, I swear to God, I'm coming down on the escalator, and the picture that this lady is taking of them, the girl is right next to the Easter bunny and just is bent over touching her toes with her ass in the air, looking over at the camera and the guy's just cheesing, pointing at his girl and the Easter bunny's just in the middle. And it was the funniest shit I have ever seen. Like that's only fans content. It has to be dude. Dude. It was so good. Like, I, I, it was one of those where like, I wish I had had the foresight to like hop my phone out. Like, God bless anybody whose initial reaction when something wild happens in public is to just take your phone out. Cause like the internet is much yeah. better for it, but like I was not, I didn't have the quick trigger and I just, it was one of those moments. It's like, if I had this, like this story would have been so much better if I could have the video of like the interaction and then just this girl, like shaking her ass with the Easter bunny and like the picture of this old lady that just got screamed at taking the picture. So there, there has to be like I, I, I do think there's probably some level of deterrent in society that exists from just zoomers having their cameras at all times, everywhere taking videos of everything. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm, I'm like you know, not that I'm doing embarrassing shit in public all the time, but like I'm much more terrified of being embarrassed in public by virtue of the fact that anything you do will be on the internet everywhere at all times, like immediately. Like you, you like they yeah. obviously wanted the attention of those people, but like a normal yeah, sure. human being who just like wants to be normal in public and doesn't slightly embarrassing, just be caught at any point in time. Um, oh, just, just at any, at any given moment, some, some teen can rip out, a, whip out a phone. And like, if you like trip and fall, like you're just laying on the ground in oh, the middle cut, of the mall. And not yeah. only are you laying in the ground in the middle of the mall, there's inevitably going to be some teen with a, an iPhone in your face. Yeah. That's, that's how, that's how it happens. So immediately. Yeah. That's so yeah. funny, dude. But 
Yeah. So all in all, we, we are, uh, I think this is peak off season peak off season move for me is we are recording this podcast on Tuesday. Um, I, by the time you're listening to this, will probably be in Miami. So Ooh. that is, that is where we're going. We're going for my wife's birthday. Uh, me and a couple friends, more than a couple us, us, not me. Not, I, I and a couple of friends are going. Yeah, I'm going to my wife's birthday. birthday. Got to avoid that bullshit. Did she listen to the podcast? Wait, did she? <laughs> uh, I don't think so on purpose. Oh, okay. I don't think so. Right. That's, that's how, it, that's how it should be. You know, like I, yeah, but but um, so I, I was dating a girl a while ago that told me at one point in time she listened to my podcast and I was fucking horrified. Yeah, uh, you never want to hear that. You never want to hear. Well, that. Our, also, our good friend Ben Axelrod got married to a woman who liked his content online. Famously yeah, that's so. that's and, dangerous, man. Like, I just I I have come to learn that there's like nothing that is less attractive than a guy saying I have a podcast. Or like like the most horrifying the most horrifying phrase like my wife could probably say to somebody is oh my husband has a podcast you know so like dude so last thing last thing anyone wants to hear uh, I was hanging out with some British guys over the weekend and they like you know the kids basically this group of people British guys you know a couple of girlfriends involved uh, a date or whatever came we all came back to my apartment at one point in time and they saw the microphone and I was just getting roasted fucking endlessly <laughs> for the fact that I had a podcast. Just worst case scenario, last thing you want to have experience is, is people finding out you have a podcast. Dude, just didn't expect it. Nothing it, to it, do. It happens to me too because I have like my mic set up in, in my office. And so like every time my wife brings friends over to to the house, you know that they see the mic and like you have to ask like, oh, like what? What's that about? And my wife has to explain that my husband has a podcast where he talks about sports at least once a week. And you like, start saying you're a rapper. Yeah, I should. Yeah, I'm a SoundCloud rapper. Is that worse? I, I feel like at least mm, I'm like an artist. I think it is worse. Yeah, it depends I mean, on how good you, you are. At least you make money off of doing a podcast. Like that is true. <laughs> that is true. It's not much, but but we do. Yeah. We do. We do I mean, have some we, income from this podcast. When, when somebody's when somebody's doing an ad read, you know, they're, they're raking in at least something yeah. for it. So, so you got to appreciate Thanks that. Thanks to our lovely sponsors, homefieldapparel.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unless, yeah. unless we're uh, just fucking with you. Like we're doing like the fake influencer thing where cool. um, there's actually no product and we're just like trying to be more legit with our home field sponsor. So like, you'll That's never funny. know. Are we actually sponsored by home field? How many of you try the code to find out, man, this is yeah, a really organic yeah, out ad no, read here. Know. Try yeah. the code and find out if if meet at midfield works for fifteen percent off your first order, then you know that we're not lying. So yeah. um, I guess like order from home field. That's the only way you'll know if we're actually sponsored by home field. So that's such a good point. Yeah, and there's there's no other way to possibly find out. They don't have a DM function on Twitter. You can't ask them. It has to be. There's no website you can confirm this at. It's exclusively the home field apparel website. The meet at midfield code. For 15% off your first order, which by the way, they do have some sick gear for all of the Final Four teams currently. I don't know if you saw their post about that. They are they are stacked at the gills with all the uh, all the Final Four teams. Pretty yeah, sick. man, I, I appreciate the hustle there. They've been they've been killing the entire NCAA tournament. Always. Yeah. Yeah, big time. Um, which also, by the way, uh do you want to do uh, my freaking bracket? Should we do uh, my freaking bracket? Yeah, section? man. Yeah, man. Okay. So I I, I normally like don't I'm not a guy to talk about my bracket. Like that's not really my thing. Um, but but I really don't care if people do. I think people get re- weirdly like uh 
you know, concerned about people like talking about their bracket online or their fantasy football team. Like, I don't give a shit. Talk about your fantasy football yeah, team. Shut up. Talk about yeah. talk about your bracket. Like it's it's the internet. Like, I don't know. If you don't like it, scroll past. But my bracket, I had, I don't remember if I had my I think I had my entire Elite Eight completely like free heading into like they were all they were all uh still alive heading into um the 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 sweet 16 and i was doing really good my first two games i think yep. my first two games i was good and then suddenly the next four games i lost all four of my final four teams just bang yeah. bang 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 so like i went from like the 98th percentile like sitting so pretty like you know i and like i had i had uh who was playing fau who's who was i guess that was uh, um tennessee lost no that was houston first? oh no tennessee houston. lost yeah no, ten, no, no. tennessee lost to fau so tennessee yeah. i had in my title game too um and so like i had in my final four as well yeah and so i'm just i'm just sitting there like like tennessee i don't know i just never in my right mind did i ever think that tennessee was going to lose to fau and so i'm just like almost penciling that in it's like a win and then they start losing, and I'm like, oh, no. And I'm like, okay, well, that's fine. I still have Alabama and Houston, whatever. Um, and then I think I had UCLA was my last one. So UCLA went down real quick, too. So then the next day I'm thinking, well, at least I have Alabama and Houston. And then bang, bang, they're gone, too. So, um, like, the next four games after I was sitting too, super pretty, I'm just completely dead. So uh, if you even had one Final Four team, which UConn, people should have picked UConn, to be, to be clear. They're a really good team. But if you even had yeah. one Final Four team this time, like there's a solid chance that you won your bracket pool with just one Final Four team. Dude, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Um, what can you do, man? Sometimes we got to eat shit. That's life. Yeah. Um, nothing you can do about it. I mean, I don't know. But say la vie, right? It's, it's, yeah, I've, it's, I've never been good at brackets my whole life. I mean, I dropped like the 99.8 percentile. I was like top 65,000 in the world or something like that. To like, I'm sure I'm going to finish like in the bottom third at this point. Yeah. No points left. Yeah. That's how it goes. I think my my most heartbreaking performance was, I guess it was 2016. I had I got 30 of the first 32 games right, and I was sitting in like the 99.99 percentile. But one of the games I got wrong was Michigan State losing to uh, Middle Tennessee State. Yeah, and 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 sorry, and sorry that the, the kicker is that Michigan State was my national champion, and so yeah. I missed two games. In the entire first round, but one of them was my national champion. So it was the most bittersweet thing in the world. Like I had this like incredible run, but then it didn't matter at all because my national champion was out. So yeah, fuck my bracket, fuck everybody's bracket. That's yeah. kind of how how this year has gone at least. Yeah. Well, we live and we learn, dude. We live and we learn. Yeah, um, man. I mean, I, I won't learn anything personally, but other people could theoretically learn from this. Yeah. Uh, I I certainly won't be. Yeah. I mean, that's that's how it goes, but. I guess the good news is there is still football. You know, I, I think we we can always rest on that. Football is great because it's like it's kind of year round. Like we don't actually have to stress about like Ohio State like playing a game, but we get to like absorb the content. And so we got um, some spring practice coming on. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess Honestly, I love this time of the year, dude. It's 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 the best time of the year. It is because because like you can just have like unbridled optimism and like nobody can tell you to shut up and nobody can prove you wrong about like anything that you claim at all. One hundred percent. It's just pure speculation. Like you you can form so many strong takes right now, and in fact you should. It's yeah. the most fun thing in the world. Uh, with just no proof, like you're just purely speculating. You can completely make shit up. 
that's like there's guys who have made entire livings completely making shit up during spring practice. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it, it's in, in fact how Ken Stickney and Clark Burton got famous, yeah. right? It's just for years, purely for years. It's really funny too, by the way. As I'm sure you guys saw, or I don't know if people here saw, but like they uh, <laughs> they were doing the whole inside report from Saturday spring scrimmage, uh, which is so funny because the inside report was just every other you know website on the beat was there, right? Because it was an like, open every, scrimmage. Yeah, every every team that every person that covers the beat was able to go watch it. They were not allowed to because they're not credentialed, and they posted an insider report. I love that. Just like it's so funny, just ripping off everyone else's reports as always. Yeah, like that. That's just the peak one because like they they pretend to be insiders, but in this case, like literally everybody got to watch the scrimmage except them. Like they were literally the opposite of insiders. Oh, they rule, dude. I love yeah, those it's guys. So good. And so like, good. and and I think the best part of that is like people don't really realize this, but it's not even like Ohio State practices and like media availabilities and probably to an extent the scrimmage, like they don't really like police credentials. Jerry's not like handing out credentials to like come to these scrimmages and stuff like that. Like for the most part, like anybody who is not explicitly forbidden can come to these things. And yeah. so it's just so good that like Pretty much everyone on earth could have gone to watch that scrimmage except anybody who works for Buckeye Scoop. Like Love if that. you if you are listening to this podcast, you probably could have just showed up and nobody would have asked a you damn walk in question. You walk with a camera and one of those shitty little recorders and you're fine. Yeah, a phone. You could walk in with your cell phone and a polo. Yeah. And you don't even need to wear a polo. You have to find a loose-fitting polo that looks really bad on you. Um, you have to find like cargo shorts from eight years ago. Uh, and some like Air Monarchs, and you're good to go. <laughs> yeah, but, but like the point is, it's just so good that like it's not even like like they're now barred from having like this special information. It's like no, like this information isn't special. Anybody can get it except that. <laughs> so very funny. Uh, but all that to dude. say, since this was an extremely open scrimmage that everybody but them got to watch. There was all sorts of, I didn't go, to be clear. I did not go. I was doing yeah, other things. We're not trying to. Yeah. I yeah. I, I, I can say that. Like, I, I love that we're just talking about this, and I just made no effort to go to this scrimmage at all. Um, that's what you guys pay for. I'm sorry. But yeah, not, um, that's not our thing. You're not, like, like we, we've been pretty open yeah, about man. this. We're not beat coverage. Yeah, we right. are. We're, we're the take guys. We're here to make takes. That's that's the thing. And and I think I think it's just, like, I could go. And I could watch the scrimmage. I could attend the scrimmage and stuff like that. But like what I would offer you from that would have been no different and probably worse than like what Dan Hope would offer you from that. And so I'm not going to yeah. do that. I'm not going to do you that. You to just... take notes? I'm, I got a full-time job. Yeah, man. <laughs> I'm in a different country. <laughs> <laughs> I got shit to do. Well, that's yeah. cool for other people doing it. I think. It's yeah, great. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad it's a thing. It's just like I'm gonna consume and yeah. I'm gonna give my take, and you're gonna listen to it. That's how it is. That's, I live yeah. off that stuff. Like if I don't have that, I'm 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 cooked. Like if I don't have something in the spring to freak out over and yell about, like what else am I doing with my time? So so what are you freaking out about? What's what is what is your concern from from this spring scrimmage? Okay, let's get into it. So Josh Proctor, despite being bad and being here for his sixth upcoming season, is gonna apparently be the first team free safety all spring. Uh, the first team safeties were inexplicably late and ransom staying a strong safety. That's fine. Whatever that, that, you know, I if you don't want to move a guy, he's pretty good, whatever. Uh, Josh Proctor, free safety, not a good player. It's very old injured often. Doesn't make sense to play him there at all or anywhere on the field. Really 
Uh, and then you also have at nickel, Cameron Martinez start over Jihad Carter, the Syracuse transfer, who was actually good. Cam Martinez, mostly famous for being bad every time he plays in the field. Um, I, and then also you have the ongoing thing where like CJ Hicks gets no serious reps. Uh, Sonny Stiles, no serious reps. Kai Stokes, no serious reps. Um, basically all of the good young players everyone wants to see who are more talented. We're stuck in this vicious cycle where Ohio State just has like Average player sits in the backup, you know, backup role for two to three years, then starts as a fourth year, fifth year player, hangs around for too long because he's not an NFL talent or is like a late round NFL pick. And then you just have this vicious cycle where you get your good NFL players for like one year only because you won't put them on the field early because you want to, yep. you know, have deference to experienced players. Uh Cam Martinez is gonna block the way for other guys. Cody Simon is gonna block the way for CJ Hicks uh as like the third uh, linebacker. Josh Proctor will block Sonny Styles or Ty Stokes. Um, you know, a lot of guys are basically getting blocked from playing who are actually good, so you can play bad players instead. Um, they tried to do it with Victor Cutler, who's the transfer that I talked about before, the guy from Louisiana Monroe, but he's unfortunately too bad for anyone to pretend he could possibly play at Ohio State for even a minute. Uh, so he is not a part of the factor here. Um, this seems like the, 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 the tackle option, as predicted, is not going to be very good. The right tackle spot's pretty tough. Uh, like the whole... You know, most of the line's fine, right? Josh Fire looks pretty good. Donovan Jackson and Matt Jones are known quantities. It seems like Carson Hinsman is winning the center battle by default currently, meaning he's playing against Vic Cutler, who, again, was the worst player on Louisiana Monroe's offense, the 2D for two years in a row. Um, and that's he's not at Ohio State, which is awesome. So um, he's competing against him because Jacob James is out for the spring. So Carson Hinsman is winning by default. Then it sounds like at right tackle, uh, both Tegreta Shibola, who's a guard playing tackle, and uh, Zen, um, uh, Zen Mikulski, who is a tight end playing tackle, uh, got whipped by uh, by everyone on the defensive line. So that's not awesome. Uh, it's a good thing they didn't pursue a transfer there. You don't want to overdo that. Um, <laughs> so it sounds like offensive line is a little bit of a concern. Quarterback's good. Running back's good. Receiver's really good. Tight end is, you know, uh, continuing to waste space in the field. Um, and <laughs> defense, whatever. Um, I don't know. That's what I'm freaking out about. I'm just freaking out about the good players not getting reps in spring. Like we're just taking it like, well, well, you know, it's spring practice. Like shouldn't get too worked up over it. But like, well, it's actually what smart programs do is get good players reps in springs. So they can be good later on the field. Yeah, I think that's my thing. Is like the the people who are not worried about this. Like God bless them. I wish I wish I was I wish I was one of you and could just like be completely at peace with what's happening and just like, you know, check back in and in. in august and wonder how the local team's doing that's not how my brain's wired um but like the people who are not worried about this will say something like well you know those the bad guys they're probably not gonna play this season like you know like like you know i cam martinez he's probably not gonna play um you know it, it cody simon's probably not gonna play like it probably will end up being cj hicks and like we've talked about this on the pod before my big beef with that, I think it was with Colin. My big beef with that is like, why are you doing it in practice then? You know, because yep. like the the best case scenario here, according to you, is that they're just wasting practice reps for fun. Like, why? It's the same thing as like when you put Marvin Harrison Jr. at punt returner. Like he's the first thing team punt returner, but everyone's like, oh, he's not actually gonna do it during games. Then why is he doing it during practice? Like for yeah. ball tracking, like what what the hell is that? I don't know. I'm not going to relitigate that. That doesn't, but that makes no sense. Why are you playing it's a just person a, who's it's just the whole not going to play? Like, yeah. Yeah. The whole thing is like, 
basically every single thing they do in this program at Ryan Day is like, well, what's what's the big deal? What's the worst that can happen? Like everything is like, up. but it all adds up. It's all on the margins. It happens constantly. They just degrade the expectations, the standards on every fucking thing they do all the time. It's so annoying. Well, and, it's so and that's annoying. the sort of thing, like like on defense, if you're if I I fully expect that uh, that Josh Proctor and Cody Simon will not be the starters at those positions by the end of the year. Fully oh, expect that. Oh, by the end of the year. That's, by the end okay, of the year. Then just spring practice. That's fine. Maybe well, heading Simon's into heading into start. Camp. The question is like third linebacker, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. I know what you mean. But but I mean he he's gonna get leapfrogged by by CJ Hicks. It's gonna happen. Sonny Styles is gonna end up playing. Like by the end of the year, he'll be he'll be on the field more than Josh Proctor. Like that that's gonna you happen. See that I, clip I, of him from practice that's going around that that clip of CJ Hicks. Uh, which one? Taking the taking the A gap. I did not see that. Oh, dude, I'll send it to you. The way okay. that guy fucking moves is insane. And and see uh, see like like we've addressed this too. In like to Ryan Day's credit, he usually does when somebody flashes like mid season, he like will take somebody's spot. And like leave that person on the field like that, that does happen. You know, like there are definitely times where guys like that have been in starting spots the entire preseason or something like that. It would happen to Josh Proctor last year. You know, he was a starter. He was expected starter the entire season. Then suddenly like he wasn't because he wasn't the best safety. And it's like, that's cool that you're willing to do that, but it'd be way cooler if you could figure out who the good players are in the spring and get them the correct number of reps to get them like better. Cause like, I, I sincerely believe that CJ Hicks and Sonny Styles are going to be in the first team defense or like in the you know rotation by the end of the season. And if that's the case, why are they not getting reps now? Yeah. I mean the, the Josh Parker thing, especially like I know he gets talked about like a veteran presence as a six-year senior or whatever, but like the guy has been here for it's just coming out of sixth year and he's played less snap. I think I think there were seven players on his defense. Good God. Played more snaps. Oh yeah, that clip. That's crazy. Yeah, the, what do you what do you say? That's that's insane. It's so yeah, fast. Was, oh, the CJ Hicks clip. Yeah, dude, yeah. he is so sudden. Uh, it's on my. If you guys go look at my timeline, I quote tweeted it. Uh, I believe on Monday night. That is night, wild. It's it. so fluid. Yeah. He just suddenly is in the backfield. Yeah, he he has a burst that no one else in this defense has, um, including like the corners. But uh, yeah, no, I mean Josh Proctor's talking about like a veteran player. He started one and a half games ever. Like and he got he, he played he started two games got hurt in twenty one snaps in the second one he's coming to his sixth year here been playing five years at Ohio State and there were seven players that he went last year had more snaps in a single season than he has in his career like he's not actually an experienced player and he's not right. actually by all accounts a good player like he had one highlight play in the fucking Big Ten Championship against Wisconsin in what twenty twenty and that was the last serious thing he did it was twenty nineteen even that was the last serious thing he did as a player. Um, you know, he came on the field to play a start against uh, Notre Dame in 2022 and was immediately benched because he didn't know his assignments at all. Like, why is a veteran at that time, fifth-year player, does not know his assignments? Like, he had the same time to learn general's yeah. system as everyone, as everyone else, else. Yeah, and he couldn't pick it up. Like, that's a real problem. Like, I, why do we think it's going to be better this year? Is he just suddenly takes football more seriously in year six? We have to, like, take football. Like, he has to, he has to learn how to take football seriously late like in his career. What are we talking about? Like, yeah, th- this guy should not. It's just like he he's not that talented, all things considered. He's not that experienced. So why don't we play the more talented younger guys who are going to be here for longer, who have real NF opportunities, who have a better skill set? Why are we wasting reps on guys who have already proven to not be that good and not that serious at football? I don't yeah. understand it. Like, it and, just doesn't make sense to me. And I, I, I genuinely understand that, especially in a 
a team and a college football, like modern college football, where players rotate in and out so much that you do want guys on your roster who've been there for a long time to like kind of set the culture or whatever. Like that's fine. But like you had Cam Babb who was doing that and he had zero expectation of playing. There's not a chance in the world that Cam Babb was going to be in the starting lineup and everybody knew it. There was no like, you know, delusions about that or anything. Like he was there to be a leader in the, in the locker room. Then like, if you want that, that's cool. Like you can do that. But don't put him in the starting lineup and don't pretend that he's like better than some of the guys that we've seen are better, frankly. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, it's insulting, I think. Just, I, I don't know. I just think they don't like. I, I was texting with a Buckeye beat writer last night. I'm not going to name because I don't want to throw him out of the bus here. But basically, he was like, my prevailing thoughts on Ryan Day are that he's a, a very good coach who could be successful a lot of places does not have the sociopathic tendencies you need to win at the highest level, which is true. Like he's just simply does not care enough or is not cutthroat enough to beat Georgia and Bama. He can't do it. He does not have the capability of doing so. If he does it one time, he'll get, he'll get some lucky breaks basically and squeeze one out. But the guy is, yeah, he almost did. Right. But he is not going to ever be good enough to year in year. I'll be better than those guys. We are looking, we're not looking for, you know, the next fucking Lincoln Riley. We're looking for the next Nick Saban. Like that is, that is the goal here. We have slightly better Lincoln Riley. I want Nick Saban. I know that every coach could be Nick Saban, but guess what? Nick Saban's going to retire. Someone's going to be that level. Someone's going to start winning titles. Like, there's going to be another Urban Meyer coming along sooner or later. It should be him. Like, we should have that guy. Uh, I don't need, you know, six titles, but I'd like three. (laughs) Or one. Let's start with one. Yeah. Let's start with one. Let's start with, you know, winning a playoff game. That's that's, that's the... That's How the thing that a lot of Michigan. Can we do that? Yeah. yeah. That, that's the thing that a lot of people would get. Like when I'd complain about Ryan Day, they're like, oh, a title every year. You want a title every year? It's like, no, like I, I want at this point after five years, it's, it, is it four or five at this point? It's five, right? This is his fifth year. This is fifth year. Like I want a title in five years. That, that seems like a reasonable expectation for a place like Ohio state, you know, like, yeah, it, like that, that doesn't feel insane. Like if you're going to say that the expectation is to compete for titles, like you you need to win a title someday. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude. You gotta. You gotta. I mean, again, the goals are to beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, compete for titles. We're not doing any three right now. And and again, three. and again, we we say this over and over and over. These are not our expectations. They're the expectations They're that yeah. they talk about. Like Ryan Day talks about in his program, you know, before every season. Like we're not making yeah. this up. We're not saying like these are the expectations that we have for Ryan Day. He's saying. These are the expectations he has for his job and he's not meeting them. So like what, yeah. you know, like it, oh, he, if, if, he, if he's going to say that he doesn't care about winning, you know, the 11 other games in the regular season compared to Michigan, the big 10 title and winning national titles, then like, why do we care about it? Why are we making excuses that he's not even willing to make? Yeah. It's ridiculous, man. And I mean, again, like, it's even just about the response, right? Like, if if you come out of this game losing, you know, come, come out of this ass beat to Michigan for the second year in a row, and your answer is like, well, let's just have a fun, easy spring, and like, let's get some veterans in there, get some good reps, and like, not not worry about too hard about getting the good guys in the field. Then I, I, I again, my comeback, you know, they just say he, he understands the rivalry, takes it seriously, yada yada. I don't think he does. I don't think he understands the gravity of the rivalry. I don't think anyone, like, you know, the reports came out that basically the the young players in the bull practice had to push the veterans. To remember that, hey, you know, we're not out of this thing. We still have a chance to win a national title. Yeah, they had to remind that's guys of that. They were practicing easy. It wasn't the fucking coaches to say it. That, you know, the guys are coming to spring ball. We're not, we're not kind of, you know, we're not kicking ass, right? We're not saying, hey, you guys fucked up. Like you failed last season again. 
take it more seriously. Like it's not supposed to be fun right now. I'm sorry. It's not supposed to be happy go lucky fun time. Like you were supposed to be pushing hard to get back on top of the big 10. That's the fucking expectation here. And they don't, I, I just don't think this coaching staff, the current culture of players, I don't think they care that much. Maybe that's a fucking ridiculous you know, armchair take, but like, these guys do not care the same way that the veterans care in previous seasons. They simply don't. There's no, there's no way they do. If they did, this wouldn't keep happening. They wouldn't talk shit to Michigan to get their ass beat. They wouldn't, like, you know, just be okay with Michigan or saying that game doesn't define them. That would never happen under urban programs. It just it just wouldn't. Yeah. And I, I think, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't personally know how much each player or each person on the staff hates Michigan or, like, is driven by that game or something like that. But what I can tell you is an outsider that does not know that, does not know what's in their brain or anything like that, is that whatever they're doing in response to that isn't working. And so, like, to me, like, it doesn't even functionally matter if they hate Michigan enough. Their approach isn't working. You know, like, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't really care how much you hate Michigan if you're doing the job. You know, like, if Justin Fields wants to stroll in from Georgia, not give a shit about the rivalry, but still win by 30 points every game, I don't give a fuck. Like, I don't care how much you hate Michigan. Like, maybe that's a... a take that's going to get me like tar and feathered from Ohio state fans. Like I don't like that. That's not the issue for me. It's that whatever they're doing in the program, and maybe that is not hating Michigan enough. Maybe that is not focusing enough on the game, but like whatever they are doing is not functionally working. Like I'm, I'm more worried about the result than I am anything yeah. else. And the results are not there. Yeah. So and that's a great way to put it, right? The results aren't there. They're not winning. It doesn't matter enough. Um, Let's get into the things. Let's take a quick break, though, and then get into the things that are most important that we're kind of excited about as positives from coming out of this. Let's talk about that here in one second. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. And we are back. This is this is new, the the breaks, the little halftime in, in the podcast. Oh, yeah. uh, Needed to get that going. Um, and let's not know what's It had nothing to do with me getting food delivered. There's no, there's no confirmation of those rumors. It was, it, it was just scripted. We wanted to be more of a legit podcast, and we have heard other people do similar things like that. It's just like the ad yeah. read. Like it's not actually <laughs> like we didn't actually go anywhere or do anything. Yeah. We just immediately went right into it. So it's a um, Potemkin podcast break. That's what it right. was. Right. Yeah. We we just yeah. felt like we should to to just make it seem more official so that that's what happened but um yeah i guess i guess the we can get into to good things about the good things it seems like uh uh davis and vita son kicks ass right this guy rocks. yeah and and we knew he would though right like i don't i don't know i don't know i guess there were some detractors that like when film was getting posted on twitter they thought that he sucked or something i, I thought that was insane the kids in all sec yeah. all fresh freshman all sec like you don't do that by accident. You don't start freshman as all American, I believe. Yeah. Oh yeah, freshman all American. I'm sorry. Yes. Yeah. Um, so I I was very excited from with him from the start, and uh, yeah, he seems like he is doing oh. awesome, and he's one of those like he passes the eye test too. If you just like look at him, like he like looks like I, I remember when uh, Kendall Sheffield, who was resoundingly fine like he was he was a fine he was corner right. Ohio State. Yeah. <laughs> so well maybe this is not the best comparison to make but Kendall Sheffield he was fine he was very fast that was cool but he was fine yeah. um Damon Arnett who whew, uh 
cast of characters here in this story. But when he when he arrived, when Kendall Sheffield arrived, Damon Arnett famously said, "Look at him. He looks like a damn action figure." And that's kind of <laughs> that's kind of what I get from uh, Ig- how do you say it, Igbenosin? Igbenison? Uh, Igbenison, as I was saying. There's, possibly, there's no way to possibly know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll wait for Gus Johnson to say it, and uh, yeah, um, yeah. We'll, we'll hope I'm uh, right. My, who's your pronunciation? My pronunciation guy in the beat is Bill Landis. Bill Landis always learns the pronunciations correctly. I always appreciate that. So yeah, I'll, uh, I'll pull the does. podcast episode of Bill soon and learn it from him. So that's that's what I'll that's what I'll do. I I think I think it's Igbenosin. Okay. From from cool. from um from I think I, I I heard it at some point on like an SEC broadcast of of a game. It was Igbenosin. So I could be completely it. wrong. But I think that's yeah. what it is. It seems like he's good. Um, it seems like Jordan Hancock had a pretty up and down day, which it sounds about right for his career so far at Ohio State. Yeah, that's, sorry, that, that's bad stuff. I'm, I'm off the bad stuff. My bad. Um, on the positives, <laughs> <laughs> they said Lathan Slip Ransom. That in there. Pretty, yeah, Lathan Ransom looked pretty good. Um, what else happened? The defensive uh, line. Uh, the flip line side of us talking shit about the offensive line is that. By definition, if the offensive line had a shitty day, that means that the defensive line had a great day. So yeah. it sounds like we've got we've got three legit defensive tackles right now, with obviously Ty Leak, Mike Hall, and, and Ty Hamilton. And it sounds like there's probably four defensive ends emerging. Obviously, JT and Jack, uh, and then also you know, um, uh, Cade or not Cade, um, yeah, Cade Curry. Sorry, Cade Curry <laughs> and Kenyatta Jackson. Uh, so like Kenyatta Jacks had a day, according to everybody. He was like he was balling out out there. So he's, yeah, he's still emerging, but uh, it seems like he's coming along really well. So I mean, that's good. Um, it sounds like Hero Connor's taking a little longer development curve, which is okay. But they've got yeah, I mean, they've got three that makes tackles sense and four ends. Yeah, he play, barely played American football before he got here. Right. So um, okay. I'm fine with that. Yeah, uh, there's some dudes coming along. The defensive line should be really good. Defensive line recruiting is also going great. It seems like they got some big momentum this it week. Five star defensive end with Dylan Stewart. That is yep. tight. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe Jim Knowles is wrong. Larry Johnson's winning the war against Jim Knowles by virtue of being good at his job. Yeah, just, uh, just. I mean, it, I've I've heard there's a lot of uh, of takes that I've heard about Larry Johnson. That's like, oh, it's easy to be a, a good good at developing NFL players when you sign two Boses and and Chase Young. And I think there's some truth to that, but also, but also like, who one, signed them? <laughs> exactly. That's that's the first one. And two, I have also read way too much about like Larry Johnson's development of his technique and how he worked with like martial arts instructors and shit like that to mm-hmm. like perfect his like hand technique and like use leverage in the right way and like that sort of thing to think that he's just like coasting on getting the best yeah, he, players. He's not lucky. We can say that. He's not lucky. <laughs> right. Like that's that's just like it's the furthest thing from the truth. I would I would believe that like maybe after kind of doing this for a long time and kind of having, you know, the same approach uh maybe that he's had for like the past 10, 15 years. Like, yeah, maybe there have there's been some advancements in technique and he's kind of gotten past or something like that by, you know, other coaches around the country. Like, I'd believe that, but like that doesn't mean he's not a legend and that doesn't mean he's not still good at his job and there's not some validity there. So I I'm I'm a Larry, Larry Johnson guy. Um at some point he's gonna have yeah. to retire and Ohio State needs to plan for that. But 
I, I think it's he still has value, and you're going to see that with the defensive line this year. Especially, I think, the, the thing with Larry Johnson is I think he is good at what he is good at, and I think last year's defensive line kind of fucked with him because Ohio State wasn't doing the thing that Larry Johnson has been doing his entire career. And I think right. this year they're going to go back to doing a lot more just base 4-3, um, four-man front sort of stuff that Larry Johnson created havoc with for like a decade. Which then does make the question, like, as always, why'd you hire the guy who doesn't mesh with that? Like, I, I don't know. Like, there's just, I'm sorry to reason the same thing I've said a million times. The hiring strategy doesn't make a lot of sense. Like, why would you not, if you're going to keep Larry Johnson around and give deference to Larry Johnson, as they're clearly doing, why wouldn't you hire a guy who meshes with that strategy? Like, why would yeah. you hire a guy who's, you know, directly opposed to it, in fact? But whatever, yeah. what can you do? I mean, that's, that's, our, that's our staff now. Um, yeah, I mean, I... I hopefully Parker luckily... Fleming can figure that out. <laughs> Luckily, I think that Jim Knowles is the sort of guy that's pretty flexible from what I from what I gather. Yeah. Um, he yeah. might not like it, but like he he at least I, I think this is more of an issue with Larry Johnson than it is with um Jim Knowles. I think he's capable of seeing like, well, this is what my strengths are as coaches. I, I think there definitely is like a, an issue with like when he came in, it has to be frustrating when you look at players and think, okay. I have these players. I want to form my defense in this way, but then like come to find out after like months of trying to install your defense, like you actually have to play to the strengths of your coaches too, because your coaches aren't just going to like hop on board with whatever the hell you're doing. Like I, I wouldn't have like, personally, I wouldn't have considered that if I was a coach, like I would have just assumed like these guys who are my subordinates would just like (laughs) simply do what I tell them to do. But Anyway, it's got to be a weird dynamic. I'm not going to pretend to know everything that's going on in there, but I do believe that after um, a year of working with each other, they know each other's strengths and kind of can figure this shit out a little better. And I think we're probably already seeing some of that with the way that the defensive line is constructed now. So um, I'm into that. You know, I, I'm into seeing, uh, I, I really like Jack Sawyer coming out of high school. Um, I think he was kind of a raw talent that needed developing, but like clearly very talented, a physical freak. Um, And, you know, I, I was excited to see him. And I think now that he's just going to have one position that he's going to have to learn and he gets to just kind of pin his ears back and be a, you know, defensive end. I think that's really going to help him. It is kind of annoying that basically every high rated player to come out of Ohio lately is just raw because they just don't let spring football happen to give them more reps. It is so annoying. Like, what a, it's really shitty. The, gov- the governor needs to step in on this. We we need like we need executive action to is like the Ohio High School Coaches Association somehow like the strongest governing body in the state. Like they, like how do they have just a stranglehold on this? Why can't we get this done? Uh, do we it's, not care what the Buckeyes like? What it, this this state is? I don't understand what's happening here. I used to think the Buckeyes ruled Ohio. That used to be my America, Kevin. I don't know about yours. That used to be the America I lived in. Is the Buckeyes ruled Ohio? We cared about beating Michigan. We cared about getting better at football. What's happening to our beloved state? What's baffling to me too is like the same people who rail against spring football are complaining that Ohio State's not taking enough in-state prospects. And it's like, there's a correlation here, man. Like, Do they think we're going to get good at baseball? Do they think the weather is changing enough that we're going to get good at baseball in Ohio somehow? Like, is global warming going to make us good at at, at fucking... I don't know. What's happening here? Like I, it's to the point where like, if I don't know, we, we talked about it a little bit last week, but like reps are king when it comes to developing well, really anything, like anything, 
not just football. Like it's literally anything. Like how would you get better at learning piano? You're not going to get better about from learning piano by just like reading sheet music. Like you need to go and like yeah. physically play the piano. Like it's literally it it that's just how it is. And so like having pretty much half as many reps because if you don't have an entire spring practice season, almost half as many reps as you know kids from Georgia or Florida or um, you know some of these other southern places. Um, it's not limited to, to Southern. I, I think, does Pennsylvania do spring football? I think Pennsylvania does spring football. Yeah, yeah, they do, I believe. Yeah, yeah. And I so mean, They saw so, it recently, if so, yeah. But it's um, it, it's not just Ohio. that They're like northern schools that don't do this. It's, it's Ohio. And so, and like, that, they're also not letting kids go out and play seven-on-seven seven on their own teams, too. They, don't, they also ban seven-on-seven seven teams. They can't do yeah. that either. Like, yeah. they're banning every method of development. Yeah, and it, it's insane. Um, I, you know, I... It's it, it's frustrating. I know. I think part of the rationale, what I've heard, is that they want kids to play multiple sports. So they want like kids who could have played football to go and play soccer, or I guess basketball, or something like that. But like that can happen. Like, why does no other state have a problem with that? Like, lots of yeah. kids play multiple sports in Georgia. They'll play, you know, football and baseball, or football and soccer, or football and basketball. Like, it, it that's not an issue anywhere else. Football and track. Why would that suddenly be an issue when you have spring yeah. football too? Sure. Also, straight up answer is I don't give a fuck. I don't care about any other sport. I do not care yeah. about any sport except football. At the end of the day, guys like I other think, sports. They're cool, but I, I think there's there's I think there's a legitimate argument to be made that cross training across multiple sports produces better athletes generally, but um, it reduces injuries long term. We know yeah. that, but like let the kid make the choice. I don't care. Right. Like if you know, and if he wants to be great at football, let him be great at football. Like it's, yeah. it's the kid's choice. Like who, you know, right. whatever. But so. uh, yes. Yeah, besides that, yeah, I don't know how we got there, but uh, neither do I. Yeah, defensive line looks it. good. Oh, Jack Sawyer's out. Yeah. Defensive line looks good. Um, I mean, the top two linebackers, for what it's worth, are playing very well. I know we've been thinking <laughs> about Cody Simon, but you know, I do think that Steele and Tommy are legit dudes this year. I love to see CJ play next to them. Um, Seems like Gabe Powers is falling out. Did you hear about this? Yep. Did he did hear yeah. that too? He's he looked from what we've read, um, super impressive. Uh he's he's another guy that like um top fifty I was player nationally came out of yeah. high yeah. You know, him him, CJ Hicks, and it was Desan McCullough at first were like the three that were gonna come out, and obviously Desan ended up at Indiana. Where did he end up transferring to? I Oklahoma. don't remember. Oklahoma, if that makes sense. Um, he was really good at Indiana. Yeah. He was. He was. He was low-key their their best defender um but he uh yeah that's totally fair (laughs) (laughs) bizarre with how good they were for that one random season but anyway um i think uh, the linebacker uh cam jones he's good too but yeah that's pretty pretty slim pickings yeah Yeah, i mean it's very bizarre how atrocious their secondary got but this isn't an indiana podcast it never will be fuck indiana we i (laughs) could not care less about talking about indiana football i'd rather talk about northwestern but um all that to say, uh, you know, the, the linebackers look good. I'm excited Tommy Eichenberg's back. That's, a, you know, huge. You talk about, like, veteran leadership yeah. on a team. I love that. Um, I think generally speaking, like, I feel weirdly optimistic about the defense. You know, like, just I, I think they're hypothetically, if if you could put Sonny Styles and guarantee that he is going to start, I'd be happy about it. Or Kai Stokes. Or Kai, I'm fine. If or Kai, Kai Stokes, Stokes outplays Sonny, he can get the job. Like, that's fine. Like, basically, if I could take, if I could guarantee that Cam Martinez and Josh Proctor would not start, and there would yeah. be other guys getting significant reps over them. Jihad Carter, that's be, fine, too. 
Yeah, I'd be over the moon. That's great. Like we have guys in that in that program who we think and know we, we've seen play at a power level pretty well. They're just not the guys who are on first team right now. Like if you just told like basically what we're doing is like we had a huge problem last year, as everyone can tell, with busted plays at the end of the season, right? With guys just giving up explosive plays by being undisciplined. If we could just take off the two guys we know are bad at allowing that to happen and put them with two guys who might be better at it, I'd feel sick. I'd, 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 that'd be awesome. I'd be, I'd be amazed. Yeah. But, you know, eh, <laughs> we're not doing that, it seems. So I'm yeah. still skeptical. But right. I feel great about nine of the players of the defense. I think nine of the players of the defense are in great position. Uh, I'm feeling really confident. I just got to see it happen with the other two problematic spots that were the problem last year as well. I hope we get that fixed. Uh, you know, I don't want to doubt my Perry Aliano is a good coach thing. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I trust they'll get it fixed. I believe it will happen. Um, it seems like Cardell Tate's an animal, right? That's he got the black stripe yep. already. Cardell Tate is here to play. Yep. I, I like him a lot. I mean, shocking. Ohio state has a, a good wide receiver, you know, stop the presses no, there, but yeah. he, uh, I mean, it's the sort of things like, for, to be clear, I, I wrote about this in the kegger, like black stripes don't mean, don't mean shit. Like they're a bullshit for the most part, like motivational tactic and, or to just generate media buzz, whatever, like that's, that's what they're designed for. They're not like an accurate, accurate representation of anything, but at the same time, if he is, you know, um, losing his black stripe sooner than guys like Marvin Harrison, Jr., Garrett Wilson, um, you know, those sort of guys, then clearly he has made some sort of impression very early. And more than that, I appreciate that it seems like they're using him correctly, too. And they're doing a lot of, like, jet sweep action with him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. It's not just, like, they're, they're getting him involved in the offense is or, like, getting his feet wet in the offense more than just, like, having him run routes that he's not getting the ball on or anything like that. So that bodes yeah. well for his future. It also seems like, I mean, just the receivers in general, a lot of guys are trying to take advantage of the open reps right now with Emeka yep. and Julian Fleming not practicing. Uh, it seems like Jaden Ballard also had yep. a huge day from what it sounded like. Um, I think Co- there was some good buzz about uh, Kojo Antwi and, or Kojo Antwi and, uh, and Caleb Brown, right? Yep. Um, Keon Gray is not emerging. Yeah, I kind of interesting. I thought he was going to be a guy. Um, I, I did. It seemed like he was like a, a Brian Hartline special, just a guy who has all the receiver innate skills, but I mean, I'm not, it's just like his second spring practice. He just finished his true freshman year. I'm not saying he's cooked or whatever, but I mean, I, with the receivers coming in this class, and the receivers coming in next class, which we haven't talked about too much, but it seems like Ohio State might land somewhere between two and three five stars at receiver again. Like, yeah, <laughs> the guys in that 2022 class, uh, they better make a move this spring. Now's the time to do it, right? You better yeah. not be like eighth in the depth chart right now, I'd say by time. But and Brandon Anderson isn't on campus yet, right? The, the best receiver in the class did not right. touch campus yet. You, you better not mess around too much because uh, guys are coming for your job uh, really yeah. fast. So and, 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 and that's the thing. Like it's especially a guy like Jaden Ballard. Like I, I love seeing him like, you know, kind of emerge at this point. But like if he doesn't, he's toast, you know, because the yeah. guys behind him are two classes behind him. Like he's, there's just not a clear. lot of reps. Yeah, when Jeremiah Smith gets to campus next season, he will pass whoever's ahead of him. It's not named like unless a Mecca or or Marvin or Mac. <laughs> Jeremiah's like a wide receiver one on the roster. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like day one he gets here, he's the best receiver on the team. So you better have a spot carved out before he touches campus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's uh, but man, I I I love how quick the receivers room switched from like because like I thought the receivers were like I. Foolish me. I thought the receivers were pretty good when it was like 
Chris Olave, Garrett Wilson, Austin Mack, and Benjamin Victor. Like, and KJ Hill was there too. Like, that was a good yeah. receivers room. I was excited about that, but now it's like, holy shit! Like, all of yeah. these guys are going to be like first round picks. Like, I, realistically, based on the receivers class next year, it's it's a pretty weak receivers class. There's a yeah. very real chance that Marvin Harrison and Ameka Abuka are one two. In Top the draft. two, yeah. The only guy I think should, the only, I've talked to this on Twitter recently, but. The only guy in their neighborhood, in my opinion, is Malik Neighbors at LSU. Yeah. And he's not like, I think if you put a Mecca with his targets, a Mecca is <laughs> like doing a lot better than he did. But like, yeah. people like that Romeo Dunze kid at, at Washington. I think he's a body catcher and kind of, I don't think he's all right. Um, there's not a lot of guys out there who look the way a Mecca and Marvin Harrison look. Uh, they are, I mean, shit. And what if Julian Fummy finally puts it together, right? What if Ohio State yep. sweeps the top three? <laughs> like, could, I mean, because. I think Julian Fleming's super good too. Like I, I have never been a. There's a lot of people who are out on Julian Fleming or whatever. I, I love Julian Fleming. I think he's super talented. Yeah. I, he just has a I would not problem. Be, That's yeah, it yeah. is. It is. I would not be shocked at all if it's it's a health problem that has limited his development too. Because this is the guy yeah. that was that played in a like triple option offense in high school and was not getting like targets and shit like like i mean he was blocking most plays and so like yeah. it's a miracle that this was the number one receiver in the country based in the offense he came out of and so like he needed it i know it sucks people aren't expecting this from the top receiver in the country but he needed reps he needed development to be ready to play and like catch passes at a college level whereas like a guy like jackson smith and jigba he just didn't and so like i know they came in in the same class but you could see that in how they were prepared like Jackson Smith and Jigba was in an offense that threw to him every down and he was prepared to play for that and Julian yeah. Fleming he just he just wasn't and so like I don't think that him, I mean he balled out against shorter too by the way he played really he well against them he yeah. did yeah 100 and so I I think that's a, that's the guy that has all the talent in the world um and he you know if he gets the development and stays healthy um there's no reason why he couldn't you know kind of emerge later he's he's one of the rare guys that's like he hasn't done a whole lot this late in his career that I'm not like worried about or like thinking yeah. that he needs, you know, like I'll be perfectly fine if he's one of the top three, you know, starting receivers next year. Like I'm not worried about 100%. that. Yeah. And that is a, I mean, a fun question to ask is like, who's the third guy this year? Because obviously these freshmen we're talking about are pushing in. Jane Ballard's pushing in. Fleming's right there. Xavier Johnson's been around for a century yep. and is like a very talented player. I mean, a very, a very reliable player. Um, a lot of dudes are, are trying to get these spots. And I, I mean, I think Fleming's the inside track, I guess, but I'm looking forward to finding out. Um, yeah. yeah, I love, obviously, no controversy to say receiver stacked. I think no one's surprised by that. Um, besides that, I don't know, any other kind of standouts for you so far in spring? It's so early that we've heard about, but um, I, mean, I guess my takeaways are, are, you know, let's get Josh Proctor and Cam Martinez off the field. Let's go land a transfer tackle. And... Um, Let's get CJ Hicks that third team, you know, the third linebacker reps. Yeah. And and like again, I don't really even think any of that's unrealistic. Like it's not like it's not like I I think all of those things could happen even before the start of the season. Um that before the start of the regular season. I, I bet they'll probably all go all spring with kind of how it's rolling right now, but I would not be shocked to see um some of the younger guys, you know, pass a Cody Simon or a um whatever. And I yeah. I think I think Cam Martinez, dude. <laughs> yeah, right. I I think I think part of this too, and I don't agree with this, but I think part of the way that the transfer portal works is that they probably want to give an honest look 
to some guys who are otherwise going to hit the portal. Because, like, even you saw it with um, uh, Bryson Shaw. Bryson Shaw was a starter all of spring ball. Remember last year? He was a starter all of spring ball and then saw the writing on the wall and transferred still. Even though he was on the first team defense every snap of spring ball. And there were some injuries, and that's really why he was the on the he was the first stringer. But I think part of it is like with these with these guys, if they're gonna come back, they're gonna compete in spring. Uh it's I don't really necessarily agree with it. I think you should get the best players the reps, but I think they're trying to do right by some of these players by giving them a chance to come and earn those spots. And I don't believe that they will, based on everything that I've seen. Um, but I, I yeah. hope that's kind of the thought. Do you think that's even more evidence as to why they shouldn't be letting these guys start in spring ball? Like, like, I mean, yeah. like a guy For like sure. Josh Proctor, like you, you offered a sixth year too, despite him, like basically showing up unprepared for his fifth year yep. and you give him all the spring reps. If he still transfers, like if he basically proves he can't handle it and he still transfers out, you've given him so much to get yeah. nothing back. Again, like I, I'm not saying I agree with it. I think, yeah. but I think that is like the most honest rationale that I could see. No, hundred percent. You're right. Yeah, you're right. I just I think that it's me frustrating planning, and I don't know. I think they have a little more cutthroat in, in roster management, which yeah. you've probably heard me say a bunch. But I agree, and I I think that's just like for better or for worse. That's who Ryan Day is. He's never going to. He's he's not cutthroat, and I think sometimes that might help him win recruiting battles. Frankly. Um, and get some guys just who he is as a person. Um, I, I think we've seen a lot of guys appreciate that and appreciate how he respects his players and stuff like that. Um, you know, it. I I, I think there's a, a valid strategy there and a valid approach there. It's just not necessarily the one that I would take. Yeah. Yeah, I hear so. you. Um, well, cool. Uh Kevin, what's next on our list? We we got an agenda I guess, to work through here. Yeah, we, uh, we 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 did. It was supposed to be in order, but we hopped around because I got a little excited. I guess we got a little recruiting news. Um, we got some twins. You know, it, a one one commitment is is good news. But when yeah. you when you can just nab like two for the price of one, you got to take it, right? Like, what what's, what's your thought on on Deontay and Devontae Armstrong? Love playing two hand touch, eating way too much, watching my team win with the twins. Ah, love quarterbacks eating dirt, pom poms and short skirts, fans who won't quit, and those twins. And I love them too. Is the one more? Uh. <laughs> I think they're great. Uh, so, so I mean, they're really good players. They are. Uh, they are from St. Edward High School in Cleveland. Uh, they are the left side of the line. Deontay, play, who's six seven, plays left tackle. Devontae, who's six five, plays left guard. Uh, notably, Michigan commitment uh, Brent Ben Roebuck, who would never receive an Ohio State offer, uh, was at the right side of that line. Could not crack the uh, the left tackle spot because he is worse than the Ohio State commit. Um, <laughs> just worth pointing out, uh, <laughs> he has cement feet and cannot move. But I hope they enjoy him. <laughs> Um, uh, Ben Roebuck, uh, yeah, anyway, the Armstrong twins, yeah, I think Deontay is a prototype left tackle player, honestly, super athletic kid, moves really well. Devontae, I think, honestly, could be a swing tackle or a right tackle on a pinch, but is you know, in like the uh, in the Jamarco Jones build, maybe like more of a, yep. a swing kind of guard tackle, probably play guard at Ohio State, 
Um, yeah, I'll pump them these guys, man. I mean, I think they're they're good players. I think their the rankings are going to be you know jumping substantially for the next several months. They play good high school competition. They come from a program that trains good guards, good tackles, like good line there in general. Um, you can learn a lot about them. Uh, I'm excited by those dudes. They're already shit talking Ben Roebuck as well, which is exciting yeah, to see. It's fantastic. Uh, I think they did. They did kind of get the worst that exchange, though. I will say. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. He kind of pointed out like, "Oh, I can't wait to beat you," and he and they go, "Well, we used to beat you." <laughs> yeah, like, they didn't say it as many words. That was basically it's never great. It, it's yeah, it's great. like what Michigan did to Ohio State for like 20 years. Yeah, I mean, which is why the lesson that should be shut the fuck up and just get better. Yeah, uh, but anyway, anyway, I think they're good. Um, they they are one of like there's there's been a, lot, a shockingly high number of brothers who played at Ohio State over the years. I believe it's like at um, it's, it's like almost forty pairs of brothers that have played at Ohio State over the decades. Uh, let's see the list here. Um, the famous ones, obviously, the Bor- everyone knows the Bourne brothers. All three of them played here. The Bosa brothers were the uh, the Bosa brothers. I guess this they were the the fourth pair of first team All American brothers in Ohio State history. The fourth. We've had four- the fourth pair. Yeah. Good God. Who were the other three? Archie, Archie okay. and Ray Griffin. Both that makes sense. I knew that one. Uh, Jack and Gene Duggar, who played in the 40s and 50s for... Uh, gun gun to my head. I had no idea those guys existed. <laughs> what, what year did Woody take over? 42? No, that's way too early. It was 50s. 50s, was it? Was it yeah. 1950 exactly, I think, actually, was his first year? It might have been Is 1950 right? exactly. I'll let you know in just a second. Uh, 50, it was 51. 51. 51. Yeah. So uh, G- Dean Duggar played for Woody. His older brother played for someone else in the 40s. Um, I think maybe, I don't, know, I don't think it's, it's after Paul Brown. It doesn't really matter. Um, we also have, uh, let's see, the Houston brothers. Uh, so that is oh, uh, Jim Josh Houston and Lynn and, Houston. Oh, Lynn, okay. Jim and I Lynn. Thought, yeah. Jim and Lynn, okay. I thought you were going Jim. Houston, the kicker. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, Archie and Ray, obviously, everyone knows those two. Then the Bosa brothers are the big ones, obviously. Um, the Bourne brothers, uh, all three of them. Let's see, they're also... There are a lot of these guys who had at least one All-American. I'm going to count through this list. I'm going to ramp uh, a riff for a second here. Yeah, I mean, obviously, my, I think the, the biggest crime is that we didn't there's several crimes i would have loved for nick or for joey bosa to come back and be able to play with nick bosa that's a pipe dream for me um but if that's gonna happen i think we just should have had a more seamless transition from joey to nick because joey should have played his sophomore season with noah spence and then nick should have played his i guess junior season across from chase young and so that is I don't know. Anytime I read about Nick Bosa and Joey Bosa together, I just get rattled at what could have been had we had both of them at the same time, or I don't know. That just I cannot I cannot think about both of those names without thinking about what could have been uh with yeah. their their tandem. So the final count, by the way, just pulled up here. There were 41 pairs of brothers who played for Ohio State, the most recent being Malik and Marcus Hooker. Um, eight of those 41 pairs have featured at least one All-American. Because statistically, the Armstrong brothers have had a 20% chance of producing an All-American. Uh, <laughs> That's, so that is and, and, and way higher than you would expect that both of them are All-Americans. Yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty shocking, right? I mean, about 10% of these guys are both All-Americans. So. Yeah, man. Not bad, not bad. We'll take that. Uh, yeah, I like I Deontay like a lot, especially. Devontae's a good player. Deontay seems special to me. Big fan yeah. of his. Um, 
Yeah, good players, man. It's good the momentum is continuing pretty quickly here for Ohio State. They had a huge recruiting weekend this past weekend, had a lot of guys on campus. Um, Peyton Pierce, one of the biggest names, he's a linebacker out of Texas. Number four overall outside linebacker in the country. Seems like he is pretty much a done deal for Ohio State at this point, just kind of a matter of getting the signature. Um, but uh, he was on campus. They had a lot of local guys and you know, kind of national guys as well. Seems like they made a move for four-star receiver Jeremiah McClellan out of St. Louis, uh, another heartline special there. Big-time player, uh, Mylon Graham, uh, five-star receiver. So he's inevitable to end up in the class at this point. Uh, they offered a Centerville safety, Reggie Powers. They like a lot. It seems like he is going to be in this class pretty shortly. Um, Sam Williams Dix is a running back who just moved to Pickerington North, going to be uh, at Ohio State, uh, in-state player. Um, the biggest come up this weekend, now they have two guys in the offensive backfield who are coming up here. Um, Aaron Nolan, we've talked about this podcast before, uh, number eight overall quarterback in America, top 100 player, does not yet have an Ohio State offer. Um, he set a commitment date. I don't know if you saw this. He Before coming to Ohio State, before getting an offer, visiting, set a really commitment date for early April. I don't think it's that weird. I think basically he's telling Ohio State, like, hey, look, either you're going to offer and I'm going to commit, or I, you're not going to offer, I'm going to commit to Miami or Clemson, which is pretty yeah. much what uh, is going to happen here. So I think it's just a matter of, is there any is there any like holdout in Ohio State's part? Like Ohio State can either offer him and take him, or chase Julian Say at Alabama's commit to the ends of the earth, and hopefully someone else falls or not they miss on him. So we'll see. Yeah, I think they're taking Nolan. Um, and the other big guy coming up is Texas running back James Peoples out of San Antonio. Um, he has a lot of family in Cleveland and Youngstown. Guy has a lot of local connections, but is based in Texas. Uh, kind of like, you know, they've had a lot of kids like that in recent years, right? A lot of guys with Ohio roots who committed from out of state. Garrett Wilson's obviously one of the yep. most famous ones. Um, but everyone seems to expect that uh, that Peoples will be the back for Ohio State this class. Um, Great. He, uh, yeah, which is a kind of a 1A, 1B with him and Jordan Marshall. Mm-hmm. Ohio State would have taken either kid. Uh, this is going to sound like sour grapes, I realize, but I do think Peoples is better. I, I still think the the, the James Mar- the the, um, the Marshall loss for Ohio State, Jordan Marshall rather the Jordan Marshall loss for Ohio State was embarrassing and a really black nose uh, or black eye on, on Ryan Day, but um, I think people might be the better player overall. So we'll see. Yeah, I think if there's anyone who it is fine with uh, the sour grapes or you don't get to accuse of sour grapes is a uh, is you because I don't think you'll have any problem <laughs> with calling Ryan Day a shithead for for yeah. losing things or. <laughs> I'm against some shit from our, our Michigan fans who like know that who like basically know me as the guy that hates Ohio State, but is an Ohio State fan, and they're still calling me a homer on this stuff. Yeah. Like, come on, you you can't you can't call me that. <laughs> yeah. That's, I don't know, but I think all in all, recruiting has been honestly good across the board. It's kind of scary because um, I think like there have definitely been times if you've listened to this podcast regularly. There were times several months ago where we're talking about how good recruiting was, and then suddenly it was bad. And so um, let's just hope they can close the deal. Let's hope those checks start to clear. Um, Because, I mean, that's the concern, right? Like, that's the concern is that, um, you know, it's it's great that these guys are interested in coming to Ohio State now, but come signing day, are they going to get offered a blank check to, you know, sign with Texas A&M instead or somewhere else instead? And, like, I... I think that's an, a case-by-case basis, but that, by all accounts, seems to be what happened to a lot of guys that were Ohio, that Ohio State was chasing. And to be clear, to be clear, Ohio State didn't really lose any commitments from for that last year, um, but they did lose recruiting they kind of battles. Did. 
They did lose the um, uh, the running back who committed to Miami. Uh, oh, that's true. That's true. What's his name Fletcher, Mark Fletcher. Yeah, yeah, Mark Fletcher. That's true. That did happen. And he was good. Yeah. He was very good. good. I like Mark Fletcher. That's the big one. Besides that, they don't lose many. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but, it, um... it, it is rare that once they have a commitment that he flips because of money. But, I mean, I guess that's why yeah. you get the commitment because that's... Yeah, and the, the problem here as well is, like, there's a lot of misperceptions of Ohio State's NIL. It seems like Ohio State, among active players, is, like, at, at or near the top among NIL, right? Like, mm-hmm. Ohio State, Alabama, like, they're paying out the best money for NIL for active players. It's just that, like, the recruiting NIL is not really on the ball, right? Yep. Which is, to me, purely a function of incompetence among the, the athletic staff, um, again, that organized. But what do I know? Um, just just my opinion as a guy who and, likes and college football. To, to, be, to be fair, to be fair, I think that Ohio State intentionally set it up that way because I don't think they took the NCAA and the whole system that got set up at their word that NIL was not going to be designed for recruiting which is dumb to be clear. It's so dumb when it was so clear to everybody from the start that people were going to be able to basically pay for players and Ohio state just didn't believe that was going to happen and was like at a loss for like why this was happening. And you can even hear that like Brian Hartline will talk about that. You can read or hear old interviews about like him explaining like, well, that's not what NIL is like, we're going to, I don't know. So Ohio state formed their entire NIL strategy based on getting players nil deals once they're at ohio state like that's what their entire nil strategy is and um by all accounts that is working but they do not have i mean and are scrambling to kind of compete with the schools that are willing to go through nil collectives and essentially pay players to commit to ohio state um i think they were pretty clear that they had no interest in doing that I think uh, Loki, like Alabama, has tried to say that too, but Alabama's a little more willing to get down and dirty, um, or at least their collectives are a little more willing to get down and dirty than Ohio State has been so far. But, I mean, Nick Saban and Ryan Day have kind of both been on the train that, like, hey, we're not going to pay, um, you know, a, a yeah. five-star quarterback. I, I do think I, you want to say, I think they're all liars. I think they're all liars. Just I think so, too. <laughs> I think so, too. I think yeah, so too. I, I, mean, I think it's about I think it's about emphasis though, because like you can it's it's clear to me that that is not Ohio State strategy. Like it's it's very yeah. clear. Like if it was, the money is there. If that was their strategy and that's where they wanted their NIL money to go, it would go there. Like that that doesn't, you know, like I I'm not there's no delusion about that. Um so I, I believe them when they say uh this was not our strategy. We did not want to do this sort of thing. Like that. Yeah. You're damn right. It's not because you just lost every recruit down the stretch to teams that were doing that. Um, yeah. So like, I, I believe that Bama less so because they seem to be having no problem competing with the people who are dropping bags for, uh, for, for kids. So um, yeah. Weird, know. weird for sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> unexpected. Just a, a shocking result that Alabama Nick Saban saying one thing and doing the other. I, I, I couldn't imagine it. Yeah. It's very, uh, very, very bizarre. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, man, I don't know. Kevin, you got anything else before we get out of here? I don't, honestly. I think we are, uh, I mean, we're, we, that was a podcast, you know? It's a podcast, that, dude. It's, it's an off season podcast. It's, it is what it is. We completely avoided talking about basketball, Ohio State basketball, at least in March, which is, uh, huge for us. That's the dream. Yeah. You never, yeah. you never want to be talking about Ohio State basketball in March. That's what Chris Holman says. So. Yeah. Do you want to? Yeah. Sign? I think I did it last week. Is it your turn to sign us out? 
I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Go Bucks. Michigan sucks. And help is on the way. Lord willing. <laughs>